Hi everyone and welcome back to Glina Informative Talks with myself Sharice and today we'll be covering the final episode for the season. We'll be looking at proprioception sense and I find this quite fascinating because it's one of the things that my uh, my oldest has as well so let's dive into it. The topics we're going to be looking at specifically is what proprioception is, the dysfunction of it, the effects that it has. We're going to be looking at the sensory processing categories specifically for proprioception sense. And we're going to be looking at the causes, the diagnosis, and some really cool tips that you could use if you have a kiddo back home who struggles with these uh, integrations. So what is proprioception sense? Before we spoke in the previous episodes, we spoke about the five senses that we have, but we also mentioned that there are other senses that we didn't really focus or that that's, we're not aware of enough of, and it's called the vestibular sense, the interception sense, and then of course the one we're covering today, which is proprioception. We're going to be focusing on a lot of detail on that which I find very interesting. So the proprioception sense is guided uh, by the receptors in our bodies that connect with the brain through our nervous system that allows us to know where our bodies are and what our bodies are doing. These receptors are allocated in our joints, our tendons, and in our muscles, which is quite different to the tactile sense, uh, because the tactile sense, if I can just quickly, briefly explain, the tactile receptors are under your skin, and they detect textures, whereas the proprioception is more about the, the joints, the muscles, and how we use our muscles, how much force we we use when we busy with any kind of motor skill so the proprioception sense tells us where our body parts are the positions we in the forces that we use the direction as well as the movement and what i found extremely fascinating about the the proprioception is that it also helps integrate other senses such as the tactile and the vestibular, and it also influences the processing of other uh, sensory informations. So the function of this sense is to increase our body awareness and to help us. uh, It also helps to contribute towards the motor planning as well as the motor control that we have in our bodies. These are basically things like push, pull, stretch, and any kind of heavy muscle activities that we that we use on a daily basis. Um, it also allows us to to walk without even thinking about putting one foot in front of the other foot. So we're going to do a little bit of a demonstration just to illustrate how important and what it is that the proprioception sense does. So if you close your eyes right now, 
Okay. And you reach out to touch your knee, touch your toes, and then your nose. And you open your eyes. And you are able to do that comfortably. Then your proprioception sense is doing its job. Moving on to the dysfunction, the proprioception dysfunction. The only way I can describe this is if you've ever had an experience going to the dentist where the dentist had to numb your gums, that, I can't say feeling because the feeling is completely gone, but that weirdness of that missing feeling, but you know it should be there, that is very similar to what happens to a child who has proprioception dysfunction. They're not quite sure where the body is in space or where your f hands are moving. It's it's quite confusing for them. So I can give you a little bit of an illustration in a classroom setup where there'd be a child that has proprioception dysfunction. Sitting in the class, listening to the teachers, explaining the work, they would be tapping their foot and then they would feel, oh, hang on, I'm tapping my foot. And then their eyes would wander thinking, where am I tapping? And when that happens, a lot of the children chew uh, their shirts, the top section of their shirts as well. And it's often, I, my oldest has it, I have to throw away shirts because of it. Because they can't sit still for too long and they wander. And it's an automatic thing where they grab their shirts and they need to feel and chew on things. Once that happens, they realize, oh my goodness, I need to gain my focus in class. So to do that, they need to, then they start rocking their chairs. And when they rock their chair, of course, they don't know how hard or how soft they're rock, uh, rocking the chair. And then their chair falls over. And usually they get into trouble because they're not sitting still. So that's a typical setup of a child struggling or having difficulty with proprioception. And that's quite, uh, I think it's quite serious actually, because they need these kind of integrations to be able to have these focuses when necessary. So with the dysfunction, you'll find it'll also be often, it'll be a child leaning against furniture or things or walls. They'll also have, uh, they will touch every object. When you're walking in the shops, they'll be the ones walking alongside the aisles, touching absolutely everything. And all you can be thinking of is, oh, no, that's going to drop its glass. It's going to break <laughs> as, as a parent. But that's what they do. They touch ev absolutely everything. They also unaware of the pressure that they use. They usually sometimes bump into things or crash into things. And uh, they often... Uh, so they use too much force as well when using their hands. And it's often when it comes to the pencil grip with youngsters where they suppose when they start writing and to a certain age, they should be writing comfortably and neatly. But it's usually the writing that's very hard that it goes through to the third and the fourth page. It's that hard pencil grip is also a sign of that. And they're also often known as the space invaders. So that is a dysfunction of the proprioception sense. Now we're going to be looking at just a few effects that it has on an individual when having this proprioception dysfunction. It could affect their body awareness, their position that they're in, or the, any body parts of where it's at in space around them. It could also affect their motor control. For instance, gross motor, which is muscle movement. They could feel it's difficult for them to, to move from one motor skill to another motor skill, that transition that takes place. 
and the fine motor skill, like I've mentioned earlier on, with the pencil grip, they find it really hard. Sometimes they use either too much force or sometimes they might not use enough grip and often drop things as well. It could also be uh, a praxis, which we've spoken in previous episode, which has to do with motor planning, following motor sequences from one motor activity to another activity. And then obviously, if you think about it, that also affects their, their sports skills because it's motor skills, which is your muscle and joints, it affects them in their sport life. And then often what happens is when kids or children are playing outside, they have a lovely fun activity to do. And this one kid knows, oh my goodness, I can't do this or I don't want to do this. They usually don't participate and that usually creates a emotional insecurity as well because they can't participate and they know there's something but they're not quite sure what it is and that could be quite daunting for them if there's if it becomes an emotional insecurity now looking at the sensory processing disorder categories specifically for proprioception there are three subtypes uh, that we've discussed before as well and the first one is over responsive the second one is under-responsive, and the third one is craving or seeking. Now, the first one, which is over-responsive, that is usually where the child or the individual would usually avoid any kind of stretching or contracting muscles, or they have this fear of any kind of movement like jumping or crawling. They usually come across as very tense and uncoordinated. So movement causes them anxiety. It could be to that extent as well. And they're usually picky eaters as well. Now you would think that this would be linked to tactile. It could be for textures. But when it comes to chewing, chew uh, like a really tough chewy thing like tough meat or any kinds of like bubble gum or jelly sweets, something that takes very long or is time consuming to chew, they usually avoid these because their muscles get tired very quickly. So they usually are the picky eaters as well. And uh, then we move on to the under-responsive. So the under-responsive child is usually the, they come across as clumsy where they often drop objects uh, or they break toys and they usually feel like they're not grounded, sort of like they're floating. I've often heard them say that they feel like they're floating. They're not grounded to earth. So with the under-responsive as well is they would also have poor body awareness and find it, they look awkward when they're adjusting their posture and they usually have a poor tactile as well as proprioception integration that takes place. And they could often break toys easily. And uh, they also push their friends unintentionally because they're not quite sure of where they are in space and how much forward or how much backwards. Some of these under-responsive children may not even tell whether they have pins and needles. And they also tend to be the ones invading their peers' space because they're trying to know where they are in space. 
So moving on to the craving or seeking child, this is usually the bumper, the crusher, the pusher puller. <laughs> and they're usually the ones that want to have like tight squeezes or they give huge hugs or they want huge hugs or they want to pillow fight or play rough. Some, especially when they're toddlers, they tend to be the ones that come across as they are aggressive because they like to kick and bite and hit things. I have uh, my my youngest boy likes to, he laughs and then he tells me, mom, I, I don't know why, but I like punching and kicking things. It's just so satisfying. <laughs> and that's exactly what it is. It's not because he's malicious. It's literally just his body needs that. So obviously, if you do it in a safe space or in a safe way, that's good because it helps with that integration to take place. And I know often some of the children, not all, but some do tend to bite themselves or hit themselves to try and get adjustment to take place because they get frustrated with themselves. Uh, that's my oldest one. He does that sometimes. Yeah, so that's the seeking child, which is seeking those kind of inputs or those kind of stimuli. The causes of this is quite big because it doesn't just, it's not just children that ha that could have the proprioception dysfunction. It could also be adults. So it could depend on the individual. It could be because of brain injuries. It could be because of damage to the receptors, it could it could be joint re, uh, replacements or any kinds of surgery. So it really does depend on the individual. And moving on to the diagnosis linked to that, depending on that individual's medical and health history, there are different professionals to seek the to get the diagnosis from but for the purpose of this episode we are focusing more on the children so what i'll do is i'll send uh, i'll add a link to the description where you can read more on the vast amounts of causes and the different kinds of professionals you could use for that but for the children the little ones where we have the foundation years and we want those integrations to take place we would look at a occupational therapist we would look at a physical therapist or any kinesthesia therapy that they could take or undergo to help with those integrations and discriminations to take place. And obviously also depending on the country where you reside, there's you just have to go to a professional and they would direct you in the right direction. Now it's the fun part. I love this part where uh, we're going to give tips on what to use, but also there's so much information on the internet when you go and research this. There's loads of fun things. So for the heavy muscle work and the joint work, there's lots of push and pull and stretch and wrapping in blankets and pressure. We're using the, the, those big gym balls if a child lies down on the bed or a mattress or somewhere soft. You could put the ball on top of the child and then your body weight on top of the ball and allowing that pressure, putting your weight on gives that pressure, that squeeze that they want or hugs or you could do pillow fights or wrestling. There's loads of activities that you could do and use at home that will help with those integrations to take place. When it comes to oral, uh, for the muscles around the jaw and the mouth, you could use any kinds of sucking and blowing and licking and 
blowing bubbles, using straws. There's so many activities to use. I'll refer you back to Carol Kranovitz, her lovely book. She has a specific book, Out of Sync Child, which really helps uh, with a lot of activities on different sensory integrations to take place. And it's it's not, you don't have to buy expensive things. There are things around the house that you could use to help with these integrations to take place. And it's fun. These kids love using all, they think they're just having fun and playing games. I know there are, if you really needed to, for the motor, the body movement and the pressure, you also get weighted blankets or weighted vests. And there's all kinds of compression blankets that you could have a look at if it's really necessary. But I mean, there's so many other tools to use that you could just use from home. And then the pushing and pulling. Easy, you could do rope pulling or pushing against something or pushing each other in a safe way, of course. All kinds of pushing games to play to help with those integrations to take place. And then one thing I really wanted to point out, which I didn't realize until much, much later, but this is, it just happened naturally, that these proprioception activities, especially the squashing and the squeezing, and the rolling in the ball and the pressure, uh, rolling in a blanket, I mean, and the pressure from the ball. All these integration activities are actually tools that you could use for self-regulation tools at any time when it's, if you have a child that is struggling to fall asleep at night or you have a child that is overstimulated with a busy activity or a busy school day or if you have a child like mine that gets overstimulated just going to the shops or to a mall or to a gathering he's quite sensitive to that so he gets overstimulated quite easily I find that using these proprioception tools have helped him so much to self-regulate we even use it on a daily basis when doing school uh, in between breaks I would use the ball pressure or the wrapping and the blanket or any kind of squash and squeeze kind of feeling helps so much to calm him because you know we all work like that we all have the sense we need a calm we need a calm sense to be able to get our focus for the next next task in line and that has been a lifesaver especially through school to help him to gain his focus because one if if a child is not self-regulated there is no way that he's going to obtain all the information necessary in the class so i find it very helpful to use this as a self-regulating tool you could also use this like i said before bedtime before any focus activities or when there's any transitions between going somewhere if you have a child that doesn't like change as much using these self-regulating tools with uh, before transitions or transitions taking place or just any time where there's focus or quiet needed for them to be able to just gain their wusa and then be able to carry on i will put all the information i mentioned in the description below please go and have a look at it and thank you once again we'll be moving on next with our next season please tune in it is going to be so exciting we have different speakers that's going to be joining us that's going to share their view on different things and different topics so 
So thank you very much for joining us. Bye.